0: Today's episode of Ringer FC is brought to you by Fubo TV. If you watch live soccer, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV is the live sports app that lets soccer fans finally cut the cord. Stream the top leagues, international clubs, and more on over 65 live channels. Try Fubo TV for free for seven days. Just go to fubo.tv and click the button to redeem your free trial. And welcome to Ringer FC. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm an editor at the ringer.com, and I am joined, as always, with my fleet-footed central defensive partner, Ryan O'Hanlon. It's, it's an honor to get a call-up. You're the it's Tim sweet. Ream here. That's. I'm going to hang up. <laughs> Speaking of hanging up, Donnie Kwok will be calling in a little bit later to do zonal question marks. It's international break, Ryan. Which is usually, I have to admit, in in most years I get kind of annoyed because it's like you just start to get to momentum. Frank DeBoer is just about to get fired. (laughs) And then we go on this break, but it's World Cup year, so I'm kind of excited for for these qualifiers. You You just get to see what's going on. And there's a lot of big teams... In a lot of trouble. Yeah, and
1: when you come back from the international break, Frank Bohr is still about to get fired. <laughs> yeah, so. that's
0: true. That, that's always going to happen. So let's do some massive overreactions to the international break. We'll ask some zoner question marks about sort of the highlights from the international break. We're going to talk a lot about the USMNT uh, in the third block, and then we'll just do a quick little roundup of what to look for this weekend in the Premier League, starting with massive overreactions. Okay, here's the first one, Ryan. Spain will win the World Cup. Agree. 2 0 over Italy, 8 0 over Liechtenstein. 3 0 over Italy. 3 0 over Italy, yeah. 8 0 over. It's 11 0 goal differential yep, over, over two 180 games. 180 minutes. Uh, they look phenomenal. And I, I like, one of the things that's always great about watching Spain is that they keep these core pieces like Ramos and Niesta, and then they allow guys like Morata to develop mm-hmm. into the team. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, they've just completely like turned over a generation of players while keeping this spine that's always been that's been successful for the last 10, 12 years.
1: Yeah, I think we saw probably at the 2014 World Cup, at least that was probably them hanging on to a generation for a little longer than they should have. Sure. Um, But now, four years later, it seems like they've cycled out all the guys that couldn't contribute anymore and kept the main the main veteran pieces and just. Surrounded them with, like, the next generation of incredible midfielders and attackers. Yeah, they're
0: cruising to qualification. They look really, really sharp. They played very well against Italy. Um, The other massive overreaction as a positive would be Brazil will win the World Cup.
1: I'm going to agree with that also.
0: Okay, so Brazil and Spain (laughs) co-World Cup champions Russia
1: 2018. Yeah, well, it's—remember, I think we're—I feel like we're still—we never got— we were supposed to get Brazil and Spain mm-hmm. in 2010, right? They were the clear two best teams, and then uh, Felipe Melo <laughs> elbowed someone in the head, yeah. and Brazil crashed out of the World Cup. Does it?
0: Did you see the Instagram that like he has a picture of that? Yeah, I think, he, in has his... a,
1: he has a picture of him punching another player in the face in his bedroom. That's awesome. It's, it's elite. You go with what you got. <laughs> but so I think we all wanted that matchup, In 2010, never got it. We got that terrible World Cup final with the Netherlands and Spain. And then it seemed like we were going to get it again in 2014 because they played in the Confederations Cup final. That game was uh, awesome in 2013. And we all know what happened to Spain and Brazil. (laughs) Both left in ignominy. And then now it finally like they're both cresting again, I guess, after maybe like a down cycle. Uh, Brazil. Who's the core of the Brazil team right now? Uh, so Neymar, Neymar. 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 Neymar, 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 Neymar. No, it's so it's Danny Alves and Marcelo. I mean, that's can you have a better I pairing don't. of Polex? Yeah, <laughs>
0: Barcelona misses Danny Alves. It yeah, like, yeah.
1: Um, then it's Marquinhos and Miranda, um, two European center backs. Yeah. Then it's uh, Barcelona star Paulinho, yeah, that's <laughs> in right. the midfield with Renato Augusto. And then it's sort of a rotating front three with Willian, uh, Neymar, Coutinho, uh, Firmino got in on the action oh, yeah. this weekend after yeah. not getting much time with them. So they've, they fired Dunga last summer. They'd, Again? Yeah, for the second time, the one who failed us uh, in 2010 from the matchup that we wanted to see. And under the new manager, T-Day, they won nine in a row. Um, and then yesterday tied with Colombia in Colombia to end their winning streak. So if Brazil had lost, they didn't lose every game before their new manager came in, but if they had lost every game before he came in, they would still be in first right now. (laughs) They're just on an incredible roll. They've qualified already, um, and they sort of have a, similar to Spain, I think, in this way, they have this sort of starting lineup that they always play, but like I said, Coutinho... From you know, Alexandro from Juventus, mm-hmm. Thiago Silva isn't even a part of the team right now. They have all of these guys that can be worked in, um, become starters, fit in based on your opposition. They just have a ton of potential to even improve from where they are now.
0: For people who haven't gotten a chance to see them play recently, would you describe them as, you know, where are they on the spectrum of Yogo Benito versus Dunga's kind of more defensive? Like cynical style of, I think of they're football. sort
1: of in between, right. which is probably the where they where they always play. needed to be. And it's you know you have the goal they scored against Venezuela the other day. Coutinho chips a ball over the top to Gabriel Jesus, who then oh, he's also good. controls it. Gabriel Jesus flicks a header yeah. <laughs> over the defender's head, and Coutinho just runs on and taps it in, and it's like. It was like the Brazil at the airport video, but it was actually in a World Cup qualifier. Right. So they have this solid European-based defense, and then they have all these, you know, superstar-level attackers. Boys, yeah. yeah, and the, the coach seems to have per- figured out a way to present it. Um where it's just sort of an unbeatable combination so far.
0: Congratulations to Spain and Brazil on winning the World Cup in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our
1: co winners.
0: Uh, our condolences to Argentina for not even making it. Argentina will not make the World Cup another massive overreaction.
1: I'm going to agree with this one as well. So,
0: <laughs> I don't, can you explain? I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, safety netting there for like teams that are not playing well throughout the qualifiers to still get in, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, to clarify, they're, even they're going to qualify, most likely. Th- but, they're out of it right now. Right. Um, six wins, six ties, four losses um, <laughs> so far in qualifying for a team that. And when did Sampioli take over? Uh, I think these were his first two qualifiers. Okay.
0: So still getting, st- and he played. You know, he managed um, Sevilla to the U- UEFA the Europa League Championship, right?
1: Yep. Managed and- Chile.
0: Manage Chile and, like, is a disciple of Marcelo Bielsa, plays this incredibly attractive, like, super frenetic, like, pressing, quick passing, flooding the box style.
1: Everyone's part of the attack and the defense.
0: Right. And Argentina probably has... I don't know, this is probably, like, I'm sure I'm wrong about this, but I would say, like, off the top of my head, I would say, like, Argentina should have as much talent as, say, France does and are in a sort of similar situation where tons of talent can't always put it together.
1: Yeah, I think it's, we we talk about this a lot with international soccer in that it's just managing, being a manager in international soccer is not appealing, really, because you, you have so little control over how you're training your players, how often you're training them. Um, you know, guys at clubs are monitoring what players eat, you know, every day. That's not happening with international managers. So I think the promise of Sam Paoli, who is a very successful international manager and a very successful club manager, is that he sort of is going to take this group of super talented players and figure out a way um, to wrangle them um, into hitting a ceiling that they haven't hit before um because just the the quality of management in international soccer isn't as high so that should sort of be a leg up for a team that already has a ton of talent um but through the first two games they tied Uruguay and then tied Venezuela at home uh it's the the concerning part for me is that a Venezuela team that can't actually go to the World Cup yeah they currently have eight points yeah um one win and five draws and the, the game was in Argentina right. as well, um, which I think you know the home field advantage is a big deal across all of international soccer. Um, the, the concerning <laughs> thing <laughs> so for me, you, <laughs> yeah. um, the concerning thing for me is that it's just still the team is so weird because it's they have Messi who is the best know, player in the world, the best player in the world, and then they have all of these other incredible players: Dybala, Aguero, Acardi, Di Maria. Yeah, you're your son ever benega <laughs> <laughs> um but the team is feels so reliant on messi still against or against uruguay you know which is that's a tough game and that's a very sort of vicious defensive team yeah. i think would be the uh, the kind way to put it messi was dropping basically all the way back to argentina's box and he was the guy who had to help them progress the ball up to is the is that final part third. of sample's
0: plan or is that just like it's,
1: it's really hard for me to see that he wants that much Messi bonus has on Messi. Messi to cover 60 yards to get it's back. It's just yeah. super inefficient also. Um, and then he has to—Messi's the guy who has to create in the final third too, and it's just asking so much of him. Um, I think—I still think Sampaoli will get them together, and they're going to be w- with him at the helm and with all the talent they have. They should be one of the toughest outs at the World Cup, but— like the margin is pretty, pretty slim for them now. Okay.
0: Before we bring on Donnie Kwok for zonal question marks, let's just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hey guys, as I said before, today's episode of Ringer FC is brought to you by Fubo TV. If you watch live soccer, and we know you do, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV is the live sports app that lets soccer fans finally cut the cord for good. No more expensive cable or satellite packages needed to watch your teams. They have all the top leagues, plus international club competitions and national level games stream live FIFA World Cup qualifiers, English Premier League, La Liga, Champions League, Europa League, Bundesliga, Serie A, Liga 1, Liga Mex, MLS, and on and on and on. In fact, they go beyond soccer to show live pro and college football, as well as baseball and basketball, plus top shows and movies live and on demand and on over 65 live TV channels. Here's the best part. FuboTV is offering Ringer FC listeners a free seven-day trial. You just go to FuboTV, that's F-U-B-O otv TV, to click the button to redeem your free trial after that it's just $19.99 per month for the first two months watch all you want record games and stream them on all of your devices your phone your tablet your computer apple tv roku you name it so apple tv you get that big screen experience that you'd get with cable fubo tv just go to fubo tv that's f-u-b-o otv tv to redeem your free seven-day trial fubo tv the most live sports for the least money Alright guys, we are back. We're joined by Donnie Kwok in New York on the bat phone. What's up, Donnie? What's up? International break. Oh, I mm. love it. Mm. I love it. I feel so luxurious. Uh, <laughs> let's go through a couple of zonal question marks. These are our, basically our awards that we give for the weekend of soccer that we've just watched. It's a little bit later in the week, but we're covering the international break. And the first one is best goal you saw this weekend. Ryan, you go first. Uh, Bobby Wood
1: against. No, I'm uh, The. I'm not going to call him the Welsh Messi. No, you shouldn't. That's get, unfair. That you should I get. think Messi is the Argentinian Ben Woodburn. There you go. That would we'll be fair. <laughs> uh, best goal, Ben Woodburn. Wales against Austria.
0: I want to say a lot of teams could do worse than to copy what Wales does, which is just get really compact and let the two or three best players they have try and make something happen, which is basically how Portugal won
1: the Euros. I think there there is a larger lesson about international soccer where you get these lopsided teams with superstars playing with Sam Vokes types. Um, Or
0: Sam Vokes playing with these scrubs, as it were. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly. Um, And you just do whatever you can to give your superstar the freedom to do all the things he can do. It's
0: right? almost I mean, at least in the I think that once you get to the actual World Cup, it helps to have a team like France. It yeah. helps to have a team like Spain, obviously. But when you are just trying to make your way in this world, it's you just don't let in a lot of goals and see if Gareth Bale or Aaron Ramsey or maybe Ben Woodburn can do something amazing. What did Woodburn do over the weekend?
1: Uh basically the ball pops out to him at the top of the box. Takes it down in one touch and just rips a shot in. Did he have like two goals and two assists in like forty minutes in two games, or was the So that, on then, then against Moldova, they were, um, Moldova was you know an international power, uh, <laughs> d- defensive <laughs> uh, defensive fortress, uh, similar to the Italian um, tradition, and Woodburn um, sort of broke down the sideline and played in a cross uh, that broke through the defense, and how Robson-Kanu finished. Um, so basically scoring and assisting whenever he's on the field for well so far.
0: My goal That's... of the week is uh, from Gabriel Torres from Panama. A little CONCACAF deep dive by yep. your boy Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> this guy, uh, basically if you want to see one of the great like 60-yard dash fast break goals where he chips it over like two different dudes and runs past three guys with the ball who are trying to catch up with him it's just an incredible goal you can hear the call a little bit earlier it was a
1: very like 1993 goal
0: yeah it's 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 like fifa amateur level uh video game goal um donnie what was your favorite goal of the weekend
2: Uh, I actually chose a uh, a goal from a game of consequence, unlike yours, Uh, both of yours. Uh, One of the few matches I watched, which was uh, England-Slovakia, the first goal, this first Slovakian goal was scored by a guy called Stanislav Labaka, who you may not know, but I know because I'm an Arsenal fan and I watch YouTube compilations of central midfielders all day. (laughs) (laughs) This was a, you guys should really Google this goal because, I mean, maybe many of you saw it if you watched the match, but... It's that rare goal where a player exhibits all of his best qualities in one play. So essentially, he pickpocketed Marcus Rashford, started a one-two with a teammate, uh, brought the ball down with a silky first touch, and then crushed it with his left foot past Joe Hart. And so he basically showed why he just got bought by Celta Vigo actually this year in Spain. So look for him. Donnie, you know, another person
0: who watches a lot of midfielder compilations on YouTube and is an Arsenal fan is Arsene Wenger, but he watches them to see who he can play at (laughs) (laughs) left-back.
2: Yeah, the future left-wing back at Arsenal, Stanislav Lovaka.
0: Most impressive team on the rise. Donnie, did you have one?
2: Yeah, uh, well, I don't know if you can really call them on the rise, but... Belgium. Belgium's the only team so far that's qualified from Europe.
0: I think you could take me saying most impressive team on the rise and Donnie saying Belgium and put it on any podcast or radio show over the last eight years and have it apply. It,
2: yeah. It's the golden generation. I don't know if I can totally take a
0: team seriously that's coached by Roberto Martinez. And Thierry Henry. And Thierry Henry. Although I love they're, Thierry they're, Henry.
2: They're basically almost like a Premier League starting eleven. I know. Kinda, I They have fun.
1: all the... All, everything you'd want from a football team is on the Belgian well, team. Well, it, it's back to what we were saying earlier, like maybe Roberto Martinez isn't a top Premier League manager, but when you put him in an international soccer, I think he's more accomplished than a lot of the guys he's matching up against. Yeah. He's gonna pundit. be better than going be better than Mark Wilmot's.
0: That's true. That's probably true. What was the most disappointing team you saw this weekend, Ryan?
1: Uh for me it was Chile, um without Sampaioli. Uh, they lost three to zero to Paraguay and 1-0 to Bolivia. Alexis They're... Sanchez, are we sure he likes playing soccer? <laughs> I don't. know. He just should just spend time with his dog. I was just about to say. To we know he loves happy. dogs. <laughs>
2: that's, yeah, it. that's about
1: it.
0: Donnie, um, did you see a disappointing team this weekend that you were, you wanted to shout out?
2: Well, yeah, it's the hometown boys, South Korea. They made it. They made it to the World Cup, but they they backed in. It's their ninth straight uh, qualification, but it's starting to feel like arsenal qualifying for the champions league for 20 years in a row it's (laughs) uh it's it's a little bit of a half empty thing now because they played like shit and they hadn't scored they didn't score a goal in their final two qualification matches but because the (laughs) afc is a a wasteland about as barren as CONCACAF, actually uh they were able to make it in if there was like a couple things that could have happened over the course of yesterday's matches and south korea would have been out and syria would have been in But what ultimately happened is Syria equal, Syria was beating Iran, Iran, then Iran took the lead, and then Syria equalized, so they're now in a playoff against Australia, a two-leg playoff, and Uzbekistan is out. And actually, another weird FIFA tidbit, because this is what you do during international breaks, (laughs) Uzbekistan is in the AFC, but Kazakhstan is in UEFA. Does that make sense to you guys?
0: Not necessarily.
2: Kazakhstan used to be in AFC, but now they're in U.S. I didn't bring my map to this podcast, so I can't. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, Korea's in the World Cup for the ninth straight year, along with Iran, Japan, and Saudi Arabia from Asia. I mean, just listen to those teams. And uh, Syria is now, uh, Shocker wrote about it on the ringer yesterday, is uh, improbably advancing to a playoff against Australia. And the winner of that playoff will actually play Uh, the playoff winner for CONCACAF.
0: Oh, okay. So, And the CONCACAF, we'll we'll get to the CONCACAF stuff and specifically, obviously, the U.S. men's team. Uh, The most likely breakout star in the 2018 World Cup. I'm going to go first here, and I'm just going to read you guys a quote. All I can think about is the nutmeg he pulled off in the midfield. When I saw it, all I could do was applaud. He's a rival. He's on the opposing team, but I am just as much a lover of the beautiful things in this game as anyone.
2: Sam Books. <laughs>
0: that is the Italian national team coach Gian Piero Ventura talking about Isco, who looked like the genetic <laughs> hybrid of Zidane and Kaka against Italy. <laughs> uh, oh I know gosh. that that's like a bit much, but uh, <laughs> if you look at Isco's stat radars, they are they need to stretch the radars out a little bit more in terms of his passing and his finishing. And he is like he's setting out like his full stall of skills. On a weekly basis now, if you get a chance to watch him on Real when he's playing, like Zidane has really brought out the best in him. He's uh, he's 25 now, I think. He didn't make the Spanish national team for the 2014 World Cup. It looks like he might be the creative fulcrum of the 2018 World Cup team. Scored two goals against Italy. Uh, really, really nasty free kick. And then just like a great cutting in from the right. Smashed it in past Buffon. Uh, so, I think he had an assist against Liechtenstein. I think everybody uh, in, in Spain <laughs> had an assist against Liechtenstein. But I'm really excited. Every World Cup, usually every Euros, every World Cup, uh, there's a dude. I always think of it as like the Ribery player. It happened to Arshavin in a Euros where nobody really has been watching this player. Or they're like, because they're on Marseille, they're on Zen at St. Petersburg, they're on a smaller team. Isco's obviously on Real. People watch Real all the time. But because of the talent he's surrounded by on it, Real. I don't think he gets mentioned enough and I think everybody is kind of like casually just is like oh Luka Modric pound for pound best midfielder in the world like and that's probably true but Isco is gonna happen in 2018 if he doesn't happen already
1: I feel the same way that you felt about Donny's Belgium uh, as an upcoming <laughs> team the starting player on Real Madrid as a breakout yeah. for the
2: 2018 World Cup is a great pick
0: you take what you can get Donny do you have a breakout player?
2: I do maybe I'll start with a quote too oh okay uh, Quote, Kobe Bryant has also been booed everywhere, and he's always been the best. I do not want to say that I am the best like him, but the abuse is a bit of an incentive, end quote. And that's from 21 year old German striker Timo Werner of <laughs> Leipzig. Uh, if you don't know about him, he's been kind of uh, a figure of controversy in Germany. One, he plays for the most hated team, uh, the New Boys. And two last December, he uh, dove against Schalke in a really bad way, in a really flagrant way, and 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 so when he started making appearances for the national team, he was getting booed, and like Kobe, he uses it for fuel, and in his eight international caps. So far, he has six goals. Uh, you know, Germany's been starving for offensive talent, obviously, but he, he's, you know, I watched, uh, some highlights of him and he's kind of a different type of number nine than, uh, Gomez or Closa. He's more quick. Uh, he's kind of a, a poacher, but, uh, a little more agile, uh, a great finisher, obviously. 21 goals in the league last year. And, you know, he can't stop scoring. So, Uh, I think Gomez was quoted as saying he's going to lead, you know, that Timo is going to be leading the attack for the next 10 years. And he's gotten off to a good soccer name,
0: too. Timo cracking debut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everton had been rumored to be in for him. Leipzig, hey, come out to him. (laughs) Watching a little bit of Leipzig, uh, they're still good, man. Like, they're really good. (laughs) They're really fun to watch. Like, I, I think that they, I was watching them against, I think it was. Frankfurt or somebody the last two weeks ago, and it was just like he's he's good. He's really really handy inside of like the, pe- the inside the penalty box. Do yep. you like do
1: you like Werner? Yeah, I think he's you know the next German striker for the next ten to fifteen years. Great, I'm glad he, sco- he
2: scores a lot of ugly goals. Yeah, he has all... like a
0: lot of Giroud goal- goals, which just like <laughs> goes off his shin, but he's just like in the right place. Um, okay, great. Well, we have decided who's going to win the World Cup, lose the World Cup, and who are the best players. Uh, if you need to hire me. To Scout for your team. I am. I'm really good at watching Real Madrid, so (laughs) uh, I I maybe have to leave the rigger to start my own my own advanced analytics network. Uh, Let's take a break We'll be right back to talk about the USMNT And we are back the stars and stripes flying above us. I believe that we will win being chanted in the background. American outlaws surrounding us. Kristen Pulisic being fouled somewhere in the middle distance. Ryan, not the most inspiring set of games from Bruce Arena's men. Not great. No, not great, Bob. Uh, uh, 1.2 games. Yeah, Lost to Costa Rica in the Fortress of Harrison, New Jersey.
1: Yeah. And then tied with Honduras, Honduras. Yeah. in the Fortress of San Pedro Sula.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um I actually was, you know, not not just because they got a point, but I, I thought that the team, the, the arena's team made a lot more sense uh in the terms of how they were set up in Honduras than they did against Costa Rica. The Costa yeah. Rica lineup, it wasn't the lineup that bothered me as much as it, and and it, we, you've, you've talked about this just earlier in the pod, but, like, international football is actually quite difficult. These guys yeah. are flying long distances. They don't have a ton of training time. You have to sort of set up some basic anyone-can-grasp tactical concepts. Yep. Arena's really good at, at setting up compact teams that don't get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But he's not always good at figuring out ways to unlock teams. And it does feel like the talent level of CONCACAF has just been slowly... Steadily rising over the years to the point where games like Costa Rica happen.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's it goes back to the idea of like if you're not Germany, Spain, Argentina, Brazil, and a handful of other teams, the talent on your national team is going to be really lopsided. Yeah, there's right? going to be
0: the high highs, and then there's going to be guys who have no business being on that level.
1: Yeah, or guys that like this one guy would never be on the same team as this other player. Yeah, right. Um, and that, that's true for the U.S. They I, have, I have to ask you who you're talking about then for the U.S. Uh, Bobby Wood, as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, no, I'm talking about Christian Pulisic. Pulisic, uh, let me correct myself. It's
0: okay. I feel like we need Christian to come on the pod or to do a video where he's like, this is how you say my name.
1: Yeah, it's on him. Um, <laughs> but in, in addition to Pulisic, there, there are a handful of other guys in the U.S. who just from their club resume, they're just better than all the other American players we have. Whether it's Jeff Cameron, Fabian Johnson, who plays for Borussia Mönchengladbach. And it just doesn't seem like – it seems like they're both – Polisic and Fabian Johnson are being asked to just sort of fit into whatever system Bruce Arena wants and, like, do a job rather than the system the U.S. plays doing everything it can to get the most out of the team's best players. Right. And— So you're saying Chris Coleman should manage the U.S.? Yeah, that, I can't believe I, if you would have said that to me 10 years ago or whatever when he was managing Fulham I never would have agreed to that but yes exactly um, no but against Costa Rica I thought the result was terrible and the first goal was just it was completely completely Tim Howard like mm-hmm. let, let's just say it um,
0: I I've, I, don't care you can, um, you can say it yeah, th- th- this just... isn't
1: the uh, broadcast of the game on Friday yeah um, you know, it's a sliding shot from no angle, and Howard gets beat. Um, and then they, U.S. is sort of pushing, and they make a lackadaisical pass toward the end of the game, and Howard again. You know, should you don't expect him to save that, but he also didn't move on the shot. And the U.S. had they had some chances. They had a penalty shout that didn't get called, and Kaylor Navas just. It's really good. Is a keeper. Kaeler really Navas tried. plays for
0: Real Madrid. <laughs> Did yeah. you know that? And I'm hearing really <laughs> good things about those guys star. coming out of
1: La Liga. <laughs> um, but so, so the performance was fine. And Not I, to self
0: dap but we've been on the Kaeler Navas train for a really long time. Pre, yeah, Pre-Real.
1: 20, 2013, I think yeah, we, were, right. we were on it. It was, it was um,
0: our first project together. I, I think you're right.
1: Um, <laughs> but So the, the performance was fine, but it was like, it was fine, you know? It's like a game at home against Costa Rica. You want Pulisic to be flying all over the field. You want Fabian Johnson to be creating. You want to control the game, basically, and yeah. it, it didn't feel that way.
0: I have to say that one one thing that was very—it was both really cool because, you know, Christian Pulisic is, is the greatest American athlete ever, of all time, yeah. but striking is that Dortmund has brought Pulisic on along so perfectly, you know, and he is probably getting a lot more uh, opportunity there this season because Dembele has taken off for Barcelona. But their sort of shepherding of his career and where they're positioning him on the field and how much they're exposing him and what they're asking him to do has been textbook. If you want to know how to develop young talent watch Dortmund do it it's just like their hit rate is pretty unbelievable they just the only person they couldn't save is Adnan Yanezai but that was because (laughs) David Moyes had already ruined him (laughs) Um, no but you know when he's playing with Dortmund there are weapons all over the field there's Mario Kutza there's Nuri Sahin there's Obamayang like, uh, like there's so many different options there I felt like it was very pronounced against Costa Rica especially that like he wasn't getting targeted necessarily but Costa Rica knew he was really the only dangerous player on the field and if they weren't doubling them they're kicking him. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do when there's a guy who's like way better. That's what happens to Ronaldo, that's what happens to all these guys yep. who are like I am the lighthouse on this stormy rock beach of a soccer mat a soccer team. And so it was it was tough because he is a kid. He isn't Ronaldo and you could see it was getting to him against Costa Rica. He was getting a little bit like the body language was not wonderful. Yeah. And it never is when dudes get kicked, but what I'm saying is it might be a little early for him to save the national soccer team, even if he's tearing up the Bundesliga in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's just a different thing. It's like Dortmund, Noah Davis wrote about this for us. Um, it's on the site today. He wrote a little bit about, you know, at Dortmund, it's like they have all the possession in the world, and they have this incre- incredible pressing system that's just creating all the space and all these chances. And Pulisic playing out on the wing, he still has all of these options, right? Like, Playing on the wing for Dortmund is different. Like, you're not... It's not Stranded like you're isolated out there. Yeah. out there. You're part of this system and you got a ton of space. Um, playing playing for the U.S. on the wing, it's, you know, it's you have to track back and you have to sort of sit in when the other team has possession. And, you know, he's got Graham Zussi, who's not even really a fullback, playing behind him rather than someone who's, like, more of a solid defensive um, right. guy. And it's just... I think the thing we've seen from these two games is that for the attack of this team to succeed, Pulisic has to make shit happen, Mm -hmm. right? And I feel like he needs to be more central probably on the field, even though that's not where he plays at Dortmund. But that's a difficult thing because he's, you know, an 18-year-old kid who has spent his entire professional career so far playing on the wing. Um, So you know it requires like we said doing more to get more out of pulisic pulisic i think um but it's just a it's just a different game he has to play for the us than he has to play with dortmund
0: yeah i mean do you feel like the thing that was i guess concerning to me was that they didn't the us team didn't look particularly athletic over these two matches mm-hmm. but didn't look particularly technically skilled so there was not the feeling like they could be a counterattack, a counterattacking team that broke on teams and just blew, blew people away with their pace. And there was not really like especially glaring in Costa Rica. I just felt like, and I and I know it was you know I'm sure it's hot in in late August, early yeah. September in New York, and just it, was, it looked like it was absolutely sweltering in Honduras. Yeah. But just like the, there wasn't a lot of Christmas to the ball movement. There's not like a feeling like there's a a nerve center that midfield. Bradley's good, but he doesn't really have, like, a steady partner to play with there.
1: Yeah, Br- Bradley is good. I did not
0: think Nagby was was doing it for me. And, no, and, and it's,
1: it's not clear what Nagby's best position is with the national team. Bradley is good, but he's not Bradley from four years ago. Yeah. Um, and he's not a like a true defensive midfielder, that um, he's never been that, and that's sort of what he's being asked to play for the U.S. And again, it goes back to the same point of you want to provide a platform for Pulisic to create, and by playing a midfield behind him of guys that aren't real true, like ball winners and holding defensive midfielders, it makes it makes it even harder on him. I, I think you're right, there, there's an issue with... Like what is the identity of this team?
0: Yeah, and you heard Twelman and like and like guys talking. Not to knock those guys, but they they are talking about things about like the U.S. has to want it more. They have to out grit guys, and it's just like come, it's like come on, dude. Like like that's not what's going to beat no, these teams. That's not
1: the issue. But I feel like it's also they're kind of they're circling around an actual point. You know, it's like the U.S. against Costa Rica. They're playing Nagby and Bradley in the center midfield, which is just not there's not enough there to control a game, there's not right? An industry. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you play a I don't know who it would be, but if you're playing a like a true defensive midfielder who's winning tackles, it's gonna look like your team wants it more because you have a guy who is good at doing the like little things that get associated with effort, right? Right. Um but it's it's also concerning that, you know, part of the U.S.'s whole thing in the past has been they, against good teams, and even against, like, decent teams, they sort of play the game evenly, but they win it on the margins, right? Because they have Tim Howard and goal sure. who's making saves. And they, it's just, it seems like luck, but they do consistently get moments like they did against Honduras, right? Like a scrappy mix in the box where they score right. in the last minute. right um, But if you're not, if you, if Tim Howard... Has fallen off a cliff, which it it that's what's happened here. Yeah, yeah. Then and, can, does that strategy even work anymore? Right.
0: If you can't rely on 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 the 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 back line, the backstop of the whole team, then, yeah. then you can't really play this like luck game where it's like we'll keep it close and see if we can make something happen. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to ask you before we go is, you know, one of the things that people always laud Germany for is this feeling that they went through this revolution. Now, Klinsmann was largely you know if not responsible for it he was the figurehead in the face of that revolution where they brought in a lot of young players they revitalized their youth program uh yogi lo then came through and kind of put together this tactical system that they've been sort of adapting over the years and now they just seemingly have like a production line of young players to timo werner perfect example of like okay that's gonna be the germany number nine for the next 10 years or whatever um, the U.S. has never really like let go. They don't have they have a let go problem. Yeah. Uh, Pulisic can like basically like emerge, yeah. but I wanted to ask you: Is there a group of guys or two guys who you'd rather see playing in the midfield, even if it meant some bad results, just to get themselves to get them some experience, if it costs someone like Bradley playing time, if not his place?
1: It's. I think there there are a bunch of younger players um, playing in Europe, coming up through MLS on the U20 team, then the age group above that, who probably deserve a shot, but the thing is that the qualification process was fucked up at the beginning with the results they got, Yeah, and it's fucked up again, so it's like you can't really afford to experiment, um, which sucks. Um, I I think for this team to develop, they needed to kind of tie things up early on and sort of then figure out what your best team is. Okay. Uh, Before we go, really quickly,
0: let's just talk about the Premier League this weekend. There's one game that everybody's going to be watching. We're not going to do Liverpool cheerleading. We're just going to tell you that if you like this sport, you should watch Liverpool versus Man City this weekend. Um, I have a weird feeling that this has like this could be 5-4 written on it, but it also has like a Liverpool has been, like played a lot of games. They had plenty of players out on international break, as did mm-hmm. Manchester City. This is going to be a little bit of a weird one. There's a lot of guys flying back from South America coming to play these these games. Um, there's been a lot of football played by these two teams, so I don't know if we'll see their best necessarily, but I am so excited to see this tactically. You've got two teams who press the hell out of each other, yeah. two teams that are capable of running a counter better than almost any other team in this country. Uh, do you th- what do you think is going to happen
1: to this? I, I think it's gonna be some sort of back and forth yeah um probably high scoring game the, the games last year uh maybe weren't like that um especially when Liverpool won when they sort of scored early and tried to shut the game down in whatever way Liverpool can actually do that but it, it does seem like you know man man cities weird their attack hasn't been running on all cylinders this season um and they're at least their defensive numbers are the best in the league. Uh, but that is probably more down to the fact that they're just controlling possession so much and they're playing against these lesser teams that they're just keeping teams away from their goal. Um, we don't know if they've solved the problem of giving away super high-quality chances whenever they give up chances. And Liverpool is essentially the worst team to test that out against. And Liverpool is sort of the same thing. It's... it's. Uh, L- the Man City attack If there's a Defense that's gonna Unleash it It's almost Liverpool Dejan Lovren You know So it's like It's the,
0: Dejan Lovren Standing at the center circle Being like Oh shit All these guys Just ran past me Yeah
1: it's Alberto Moreno Trying to stop David Silva De Bruyne Raheem Sterling Yeah Aguero Gabriel Jesus Goes on and on So I think The strengths Of these teams Are gonna be Butting up against The weaknesses Of their opponent Which always makes for an interesting thing. I yeah. think I think it's probably more interesting. As we've seen, Klopp isn't going to do anything different, I don't think. He's just going to play the lineup they've been playing, and why wouldn't he? They've been in really good in the first three games. But Guardiola, I think Liverpool is such a unique team. I think Guardiola, we could see him probably do something different tactically um, than he's been doing. Route one football? Yeah. <laughs> bring in uh he actually secretly signed sam Vokes uh, <laughs> last week no one knew about it um but i i, I think folks you know <laughs> he decided <signed> he <laughs> pretended like he's brazilian okay
0: uh well that is obviously the game of the weekend uh we'll be back next tuesday to discuss all the premier league action for ryan o'hanlon donny Quack, and frank Boer. i am chris ryan we'll talk to you next week